Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ, and welcome to our podcast. This is a special recording from a session we did on EQ Conversations. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to EQ Conversations. My name is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ, and we're so glad that you're joining us. Uh, for those of you here uh, live, as well as for those of you who may be picking up uh, this particular session uh, afterwards in recording. We do these uh, sessions primarily because we wanted to give uh, our audience an opportunity to learn and to digest a bit more from a personal level. Uh, we do a lot of work at Spirit of EQ with official training and development and coaching and those kind of things, which is wonderful. But we really felt like, wouldn't it be great if we could get some personal, insightful, and vulnerable takes from guests, uh, certainly who would be willing to do that, so that we can keep this real. Because that's something I very, very much value, is keeping it real. We can teach you and give you all kinds of information, but I think it's really, really powerful to hear the insights of someone else's story and how emotional intelligence is showing up for them in the real world and the day-to-day. So with that, uh, I would ask you again, uh, if you could, please keep yourself on mute. Uh, we will go for about an hour today. The first 30 to 45 minutes will be the conversation that Ajane and I will have. And then we will give you guys room to be able to ask questions, whether that's via chat or if uh, verbal, uh, you can unmute yourself. The other thing I would tell you that this is a session is also designed for psychological safety psychological safety for me, psychological safety for Ajane, our guest, as well as for you. Um, you can feel free to know that this is a place where you can ask questions and you can comment and talk in a way that leaves you feeling like this is a place where I can go and I'm going to be good. That's very important to us. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and start and welcome Ajane. Um, and Ajane, as you know, I'm a very, very um, transparent, open guy. So is it Will Coxon is the yes. pronunciation? Oh, my gosh. I typically I typically butcher that because I've always just referred to you as Ajane, 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 right? So um, with that, um, you are uh, not only just a guest, as you know, you are a beloved brother uh, who we've known each other, not for a long, long time, but long enough to where we've had so many conversations. And when we were putting together this series, I started thinking, 
man, it'd be great to have you on because I know your insights could be of value to those who would attend, certainly who are here today, but also for those folks that may not be able to and will pick up in a recording. So I do so appreciate you joining us today, man. I'm honored, Eric. Thank you. So uh, as well, uh, could you maybe tell the audience, I know we have this, your bio in our promotion for the session and all, can you tell the audience a little bit about your background uh, and and that type of thing? And then we'll we'll get right into some, some conversation. Sure. Thanks. Thanks, Eric. So I have a doctorate in ministry with emphasis in multi-faith theology, have an MBA. I've been teaching at a community college in Riverside, California for about 23 years. I teach entrepreneurship and business, which I really love. And then combined with that, I'll say over the last 15 or so years, I've been really immersed in the world of emotional intelligence. And to be honest, Eric, with the with me going to seminary and then going to get my doctorate, I see the connection, which I hope we can talk about a little bit today, between uh, spirituality and emotions. Yeah. Wow. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. And um, I, I want to touch on um, on that right out of the gate. You know, you, you mentioned spirituality, and I, I've always found it fascinating, at least in America, in, in certain facets. There's always when you mention spirituality, the room gets really quiet because uh, they think somebody's about ready to preach or somebody's about ready to talk about your soul and, and heaven and hell and all of that. But it's much more than that, isn't it? It is much more than that. When, when I think of spirituality, particularly as it relates to emotions, mm-hmm. I'm more focused on how it can give me insight so that I can... Um, create a richer, fuller, meaningful life. So, you know, that's that's powerful, uh, Ajane, the idea of insight. Because when I think of that, it, it's almost like I'm, I'm uh, for example, if you handed me a book and said, this book could really help you with your, with your um, physical health, right? Um, I, I'd open it up and I'd look through and maybe I'd sit and read and I'd want to gain insight as to, well, how am I going to make this thing called my physical health better? Mm. As an example. Um, and when we talk about spiritual, we're talking about who we are at our core, right? Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm talking about who I am at my core and my connection. Yeah. My yeah. connection to uh, my students, my friends, my peers, uh, all those that I, I am in relationship with, which is everyone, even the person that I walk by the street and smile at, that's yeah. a connection. So yeah. spirituality for me, Eric, and we've talked about this, but it, it involves that awareness of self. So I'm mm-hmm. always self-reflecting, yep. uh, involves that sense of belonging with others, as well as that insight, which goes beyond myself. Yeah. And and certainly, Ajane, I, I know for those that may be listening live and those who are going to catch it on recording, um, we also are not robbing people from a worship of God or, or, or a faith structure. Because mm-hmm. um, I know for me personally, um, a lot of this spiritual and emotional intelligence has helped grow my relationship with God. Um, we don't we don't push that and we don't tell people you must see it a certain way, but there's no doubt that it has had that benefit, uh, at least for me personally. And I know for you, because we've talked about it. Yes. Yes. I, I have a, I have a personal understanding and relationship with 
what I would call God. But at the same time, we've talked about that we have an affinity with aspects of all religions and philosophies and worldviews. Yeah, because, you know, it's interesting. Um, You know, I um, we were we were at a trade show. We were at um, it was ATD. I think it was ATD. I always, the acronyms throw me off. I can't remember exactly, but it's the training organization, the national uh, uh, version. And we were in uh, DC and Oprah was uh, like the keynote speaker there, right? (laughs) Okay. And um, we uh, were, we were vendors. So we're exhibitors, right? So we're on the floor. And um, this particular day, Oprah gave the keynote in the morning and then they would release everyone out to go and, you know, visit exhibitors and stuff. So uh, as you know, Ajane, we, we're, we're co-developing a product called uh, Spiritual Emotional Intelligence, uh, which is an assessment that helps people in many ways gain insight, like you mentioned. And uh, in its earliest, earliest stages, even before we knew you, um, we had this very small version, then that was kind of what we were talking about. And um, that we had people come out and they're asking, so what, what is SEQ? And, and we explained, well, it's spiritual, emotional intelligence. And, and I, and I remember this one group of women, uh, who basically said, um, so, and they kind of had that quizzical look. I said, well, let me explain something to you. I'm not talking about religion. I'm, I'm talking about who we are at our core, our essence, you know, that kind of thing. And they go, that's what Oprah said. And I go, <laughs> Yes. So the next person comes along, I'm going, as you probably heard in Oprah's keynote, <laughs> it was wonderful. That's comedy. I love it. Oh, that's awesome, right? It was wonderful. And I, I, will do, I would say she, Oprah has done a very good job at, at uh, kind of doing a, a, a relatively good job at defining the spiritual. So um, I agree. But anyway, when you were mentioning, it just came to my mind, that's, uh, that, that, that event. Um, so... Ajane, when you think about your life, your day in and day out life, um, you know, in family and community and things like that, what are some of the ways maybe in the most recent frame that emotional intelligence has been showing up for you? Hmm. Wow, Eric. So emotions show up every moment of my days, to be honest with you. Um, Oh, no, I get it. I get it. It's something that is taking me. Wow. Okay, so I'm going to go back a little bit. If that's right. okay. yeah, absolutely. So um, there was a time in my life, probably I don't know, 12, 13 years ago, mm-hmm. before I was trained in AQ, where um, I wasn't feeling I was connecting with my students. I wasn't feeling I was connected with myself or those around me. I wasn't in a good place emotionally. And that's when I looked up uh, six seconds and reached out to uh, Josh and talked to him about, you know, the training that they were doing. And so I decided to attend the training with the hope that it would give me what I needed to reconnect with myself, Mm -hmm. but also something I could bring back to the people that I really care about. And that's the individuals in my classroom, my young adult students and uh, helping my institution. So fast forward, the training that I received in there, I've been able to really put into my life in a way that I trust my emotions. 
Mm. I, I, I hear them. I see them as that data. And then I, I've learned to be patient so that I could interpret that data. So I understand what I'm feeling, why I'm feeling it, and thinking about all the paths that I could go based on that information. So it's really, it's who I am now. And it's really helped guide me in all of my life's journeys. You know, what's funny to me um, as an ironic um, is this idea about how, at least in America, we've mischaracterized what emotions are. Uh, we've misdefined them, I guess, maybe in many ways. And I, I know so many people who struggle uh, in life because it almost in some ways, Ajane, they're being tossed around by their emotions, you know? And, and, and I know that from my own experiences, you know? I mean, I can think back, you know, your example 12, 13 years ago. And for me, I think back to my corporate life, you know, like, why am I always in this place? Yeah. You know? And, and for me, it was a misalignment thing, right? I was in corporate America, but I was not made for corporate America. Yeah. But I kept doing it because I was on that 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 living in that dogma that said you must, you have to, you 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 should type thing, right? And and I found myself, it's not working. So frustration, right? Mm -hmm. That that was an emotion I felt a lot. Mm -hmm. But instead of letting frustration kind of communicate with me, I push it away because it interfered with what I should do. Mm. Right. What I have to do. And I, I, I'm so encouraged in hearing you say that because the, what you're saying about uh, the journey, because, man, if if we can help more people to understand that maybe like me, maybe frustra- maybe frustration was trying to say, Eric, this is not a fit for you. This is not a fit for you. You should look at going in a different direction. Ajane, man, I think to myself, and this is not with regret, because we got to learn. And sometimes experience is the best teacher we know. Yes, right? <laughs> right? However, there's there's no denying I could go back and go, wow, I could have probably saved myself some time, some you know opportunities and all that by listening to what frustration was trying to tell me. Yeah, that's real, Eric. You know, <laughs> you saying that, I, I really want to introduce my young adult students to emotional intelligence. And then I think to myself, wow, we really need to introduce the high school students to emotional intelligence. Then I go, wow, we really need to teach elementary school kids about emotional intelligence and their parents, right? Because we spend so much time focused solely on uh, cognitive, intellectual knowledge when, you know, we know that from a neuroscience perspective, emotions are what drive that. It's directly connected. And we spend, I, I never took a class on emotions growing up. Never. Never. And, and it's so important to what we do. I, you know, I've been at the same college for a long time, Eric, and I've made a lot of mistakes. I've lost my temper in the, in the past. I had lost my temper. I said things that 
I regret saying. And it's because I didn't understand emotions. I didn't understand my own emotions. And I'm thankful that those individuals that I um, projected those negative words, thoughts, and deeds, I'm, I'm glad that they were forgiving. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Yes. Boy. Uh, here's to all those people that have given us grace. Yeah, that's real. I mean, because, Ajane, I got a line of people. Because <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if I would have extended the kind of grace that I needed back in that time that I mentioned. I mean, it was, oh, gosh. Um, and to your point, right? Um, now, um, I know that in some school districts across the country, I know it's probably in pockets, there seems to be some momentum around uh, SEL and, and the introduction of that, which I think is, is awesome because I, I think it, it could go a long way at potentially sort of turning the tide generationally. Yes. Yes. Um, because I, I mean, you know, not to give away my generation and age, but the environment I grew up in was, you know, we don't go there. Eric, come on now. I was just thinking about that this morning, how growing up, I was always told, you're too emotional. Come on, you're too emotional. And, and that gets into your head. It gets into all young men's heads. Oh, my gosh. Ajane, I just yesterday, my, my daughter's over for dinner. She's 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 home from college. Right. And she's she mentions this uh, young lady. She says um, she wants to talk to you, Dad. And, you know, I always, well, what is it? Does she want to know more about X or, you know, whatever thing I'm involved in? She says, no. She said her mom was telling her that she needs to, like, I don't know how she worded it. I don't know if she needs to get her act together because no one thinks like you. That's what she told her daughter. No one thinks like you. And, I, and she wants to connect me with this young lady to let her know that, no, my dad kind of sees things like that. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, if I could talk to that mom yeah. and just say, you know what? I want to validate your right as a mom to be concerned and to feel that. But emotional intelligence would, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me, let me say this in a way that's not going to maybe potentially mess with her dignity. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. And I hope that I will be able to connect with her because I do want to tell her you're not an alien. That's right. There's nothing wrong. No. But Ajane, and I don't know this family. I don't know the mother. Um, however, there's a part of me that goes, this is what happens when you focus so much on the intellectual and you just leave emotions floating in the wind. That's right. It's like playing the lottery. Well, yeah. if you got the right kind of mom, they may say the right thing and may not. I don't think we should be leaving that to chance, right? Either. We should not. Absolutely. And, and we should, once society starts to learn the value of our emotions, they'll see that as a special quality that so many people have, right? That, 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 that we just need to guide them a little bit so they can develop it. Well, yeah, right. And it, and it 
comes to that idea that we want to make better decisions. Yeah. Okay? Because at some point, right, we all are going to get angry and be triggered or whatever you want to say. There's going to be times of sadness, going to be times of joy. All yes. these different things are just a part of life. But Ajanae, the better we get at managing those. Come on now. Right. It, it leads to those better outcomes. And I, you know, better outcomes in your job, better outcomes in your family, your community, all those things that, I mean, it's, it's ironic again to me, like in America, we, we, we talk about so much about how we want to solve X problem and Y problem. And we want to, we want to do better and we need to, and I'm, I'm looking and I'm going, well, you know, inside of all of us is something that can help in a big way. But I got to say with warning, Ajane, and I know you and I've talked about this. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like the, the idea of a muscle, right? Mm-hmm. If you lift some type of weight and exercise that muscle, it will grow. Yes, it will. It will get stronger. If you ignore it, there's this thing called atrophy, right? That's right. And what that does is it leads to the loss of muscle. Yes, it so does. If we can get into this place of where we understand I've got to consistently be working and exercising this thing called emotional intelligence. Yes. Our decisions get better and our outcomes get better. Absolutely. And our performance increases. Yeah. And and that's what we say we want, right? Absolutely. That's what, that's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, yeah, I, 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 I got up this morning and I know I've done some things that maybe have thwarted myself a little bit, but I want to make good decisions today. Me too. Right. <laughs> um, so, let me um, let me ask you this as it relates, um, because I know you work uh, in environments where the, the, the your audience, your students, they're they're a bit younger. And if, if you were to if you were to say to them, maybe a student asked you, well, why should I bother with this emotion and, and, and paying attention and, and and gaining insight? What would some of the things you'd tell them? Wow. Okay, so when you were talking, this image came into my mind, Eric. It was uh, of a door. And I really believe that we can equip, I can equip my students with the knowledge they need to get to the door. They can overcome all the obstacles to get to the door with the knowledge that they gain, the intellectual prowess that they attain in college. Mm. But I think what will separate them from the competition, other students who are trying to get into the same careers as they're getting into, the key that will unlock the door is emotional intelligence. Mm. So... I, I would try to explain it to them that it it is as important as intellectual cognitive intelligence, right? Yep. But the difference is we're born. I, I can't change my intellect. You're kind of born with it, and you may be able to change it one or two points. But right. if emotional intelligence can unlock the door and it's something you can develop, 
and improve and grow in, then your potential for success increases exponentially. You with me? And so if all the students are equally balanced intellectually, it's the emotional intelligence that will separate them and make them stand out from everyone else. Yeah. Open up those doors of opportunity. Because there's studies, right? That it's a greater predictor of success than IQ, isn't it? It sure is. It sure is, Eric. So that's, and I haven't shared that with this, my, my students this semester yet. So I have to do that next week when I see them or tomorrow when I see them. Thank you for reminding me. All I, right. I, All right. I, I get a little bit of fingerprint on your students. <laughs> also, I, I'm thinking, I think everyone needs to know, everyone, that they have this wisdom within themselves. Mm that wisdom of emotions that they need to really allow to come to the surface so they can, this sounds kind of strange, Eric, that they can establish a relationship with it, right? Yep. And once they begin to trust their emotions, mm, it can serve as a, it's better than Siri. When you ask Siri for how do I get here, how do I get there, right? And and Siri, yeah. we trust it. Mm-hmm. Our emotions can do the same thing with our lives, but we have to get to the point where we can trust it. Which, let's be honest, takes work. Yeah, it does, and I'm glad you mentioned that uh, because it does. And and I've I've used this analogy a lot lately because I know you know when you're in a session or you're in a class. And you hear something that that sounds really, really good, and you know, or you feel in your gut that it's going to improve your life. You're ready to go, right? And then reality comes and knocks on your door. And reality being, oh my gosh, I forgot, I've got to pick my mom up for a doctor's appointment. Oh my gosh, my boss says I have to have this turned in by X, and I, I haven't heard back yet from the vendor. I mean, on all the different stuff of life. And I, I use this to say, you know, Ajane, visually, you know, when you look at my hands, when we make a decision to change or when we are confronted with that, we're on this side of it, right? On this side is the breakthrough, <laughs> right? But this area here in between my hands, the in-between is where the battles are fought. This, this is where in between here is where we give up. It's where we are frustrated. It's where we, we, we were making progress, but we're coming backwards. And I tell people, especially our clients, you've got to, you've got to persevere in this in-between. Yeah. Because right out here is the breakthrough. Yeah. And when you get to breakthrough, yeah. I kind of liken it, things become effortless. Yeah. And they're effortless, Ajane. And not because you didn't work on it, because my gosh, you talk to anybody that's been in the in-between, it is hard work. It is. But it's kind of that, it's you, 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 because you know me, you know my, my Miles Davis uh, thinking, you know, when he would play his horn, it was like it was effortless. It was just, it flowed out of him, right? That, to me, is how we can live life. And emotional intelligence is the key as you mentioned, to opening that door. And I would just encourage everyone who's on here today that's listening to our conversation, those that are listening to the recording, is that 
have that perseverance because once again, you get to breakthrough, I mean, you become, it becomes effortless. It becomes very, very powerful. <laughs> Eric, I rechecked um, the uh, say a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, the assessment. Because mm-hmm. I've just been feeling off a little bit. Yeah. So I just wanted to see how it, you know, what it said. Yeah. And <laughs> one of the things it said is you need to spend more time alone and spend some time and it suggested meditation. Mm. And Eric, I allowed myself, I, I normally meditate every single day. Right. Every right. Single day, Eric, but I haven't the last three months. So reading that from the say just reinforced a habit, a healthy habit I have, I have of meditation. So yeah. I've gotten back into the groove. So now again, every morning I'm meditating. And like you said, that muscle, when you work it, 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 it strengthens it. So just in two weeks, I'm feeling more like I was or as I should be feeling normally. But I had given that up because I consider myself too busy. Too busy. Yes. To be and, and that's a common thing, Ajane, right? Um, and, and it's dangerous it because you could ask a number of people if their employer said, hey, we need you to work 80 hours this week because we got a project. People will jump up and volunteer and, and they'll move heaven and earth. You know, But if you say to them, your project is 80 hours this week is to work on you. You'll have people look at you like you got three heads, man. <laughs> but isn't that ironic? It is. I mean, the gift of the human body, mind, spirit gets left as an afterthought. Yeah. But when a corporation calls, it's I'll do anything. I And, and don't get me wrong, audience, please don't misunderstand me. Ajane, I know you know my heart. No. I'm not I'm not criticizing business and, mm-hmm. and companies, but I firmly believe you, we need to make it a priority to work on ourselves. We do. It, it's, I, I think more people are starting to realize, but it's not the norm, how yeah. all that's interconnected, right? How it's all interconnected, body, mind, um, and, and soul. And if we, if we're off centered in one area, it's going to affect the others. Yeah. And, and Ajane, isn't it, uh, isn't it interesting? Um, and I, I have, I have, I've spent enough time on the road now to uh, this road of life to go, I'm sorry, I'm not going to negotiate anymore around working on me. I'm, I'm just not going to do it. That's and if that means I get threatened by a business partner or a client, uh, I'm, I'm not, obviously I'm not an employee, then I'll say, then that's what you have to do. That's but right. I'm not going, I'm, there's no going back. That's right. Um, and it's, it's interesting because if you would have met me 15, 20 years ago, I would have said, that's crazy. Why would you do that? You, you, you've got you've to keep growing and uh, growing in the sense of getting promoted and making more money and all those different things. Um, hmm. No, no, that's not more valuable than my body, mind and spirit, man. No, it's not. Eric. Yeah, it's not at all. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same place that you are at. Exactly. I have to take care of me as much as the world will demand otherwise. Right. But I need well, yeah. that. I need that yeah. energy so that I can 
do what I'm, what we're talking about in the world to make a difference. Exactly. And you know what? Um, I think, and this is that, you know, kind of going back to that analogy of the in-between, if we get to breakthrough, which is a confidence builder too, right? We do become more courageous. Absolutely. Right. Right. We, 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 We do find that energy that we need to say to our boss or say to a volunteer organization, I want to help you, but I cannot sacrifice my physical, mental, spiritual, emotional health in the pursuit of doing that. Could we find, could we find a middle ground? Because I'm telling you, Janae, again, I'm now making sure all my secrets come out and for all to see. Um, I didn't have that courage in corporate America. You, you just, you just said the, the key word. Um, that's really, for me, it, it was my fear. And it wasn't until I started really focusing on developing who I am and my emotional intelligence and everything that's associated with that that I realized that that fear I had once acknowledged is such a good quality because the opposite of fear is courageousness. So along that journey, those steps, as I'm dealing, understanding this fear that I've had all my life in so many different areas, it's allowed me to become courageous. And kind of comes back to that, what we were saying in the early part of the session here is that if I could take some time to pay attention to fear, yeah, not judge it, Mm-mm. not condemn <laughs> myself for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and that, that, that choice to go, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to just sit here for a minute with my fear. Yeah. Where's that coming from? That's why, right. why am I feeling fear right now? That's right. And if you can do it with curiosity and keep the judgment at bay, you might find out, I'm thinking back to my life back 15 years ago, fear might've been saying, Hey, Eric, it's blocking you from moving in a certain direction that you need to go. This is what, this is what fear is trying to tell you. That's what's at risk is your future self, your future desires, <laughs> right? Wow. But, yeah, what, but what happens, Ajane, and again, I'm going to vulnerability here. I took the other route. I got to fight that fear. I got to deny that fear. I got to get that fear out of here. Fear is weakness. Fear is something that I'm going to, I'll push through. I'll work harder. I'll go at it. I'll be better. I'll perform. Right. That's right. Me too, Eric. But you got, you know, we realize now that that's how we're taught. Yes. (laughs) Which is unhealthy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's why this what we're talking about seems so hard is because we're having to push down and push back how we were conditioned to respond to this data that we call emotions. Yeah. But in actuality, it's not that hard. All we got to do is what you just said. Sit back, get curious, not be judgmental of ourselves and see what it's teaching us. Yeah, because you know what? Um, I've been reading, um, it, it, I know in some circles it's called a devotional, uh, maybe it's a journal or whatever, but it, it the, the subject matter for this week is about questions and about the necessity to linger in a question mm. versus jumping to an immediate response, mm. right? 
And I'm learning, man, that more of my life is about the letting go and the and the pause than it is about acquiring and accumulating and performing. But here's what's interesting, Ajane. And I've seen this in you. Okay. I don't think I've ever verbalized this. So this is a first. Everyone <laughs> in the audience, it's now coming out. Your ability to give away what is inside of you is, I mean, it's always been inspiring to me, but it's always, it, it, it's kind of pulled out of me this idea that this is someone that is at peace with what they're saying. They're good with it. You know, Ajane? Um, because we have so many, we have so many folks and, and a lot of these folks are in the public eye we're positioning. They're looking at you and they're looking at me. What will I want? What will you want? How could I say this? Maybe if I pull out, I've got an MBA. Will they be impressed by me? And Ajane, with you, it's it, it's it's been so refreshing because it's been like, this is who I am. Uh, thanks. And, and I truly understand, Ajane. I don't want to. I don't want to give anybody the sense that you just woke up one day and you were that person, right? Um, I, cause I, I know, as you said, it's work, but that's in all of us. And I, I feel like in many respects, it's like in all of us, it's, it's like, it's screaming to get out. I agree. It you is. Know? We're no different than anyone else. Right. Exactly. Oh my goodness. I mean, <laughs> if we had like a two hour session, I could go back <laughs> to some history that <laughs> would blow your mind. Uh, no, you and I both, Eric, yeah, I, I think yeah. that. To my younger days, and I've grown up and had a acquired wisdom because of these experiences. And then Eric, you know, we've had we all have stories. Yeah. And and I I just I've been really fortunate with my stories and some of their outcomes. And those have shaped me in this as well. So I feel committed to be the best person I can. And, and to use that to do what I can to um, be of service to others. Yeah, yeah. And, and when, you, um, when you think about it, Ajane, um, do you, because I, I'm, I'm concerned about um, a lot of what uh, has been birthed out of this pandemic era that we've been in for it now close to two years. Um, you know, and, and the work that we do, uh, together and separately, there is an urgency to get to people. And I know for me, it's that I want to let you know that it's okay. I want to let you know that it, that there is hope. I want to let you know that, you know, if, if things haven't been working, you can turn today. Okay. And, and it's okay yeah. you know, that, that, that we don't need you to be some superstar. We don't need you to, to impress. We just need you to be you. Right. Um, what is the sense that you're getting in the academic world as it relates to where people are at, as far as that hope, this, uh, the optimism thing? Mm. Wow. Eric. Okay. I, 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 I have to answer that from a couple of perspectives. Absolutely. Um, one is I believe it's taught my colleagues and I 
to be more compassionate. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I work at a community college, right? That's why I love it. I love community college. I love our students and, and, and the people that are there because they know they can make the difference in the lives of, of young adults. Mm-hmm. But I think the pandemic really showed my colleagues and I the inequalities that exist with students not having internet, students not having technology, mm-hmm. uh, fast enough technology to do the work that's required for an online class because we converted all of our classes to online. So I, I think that was a positive. It, it gave my colleagues and I a deeper compassion for where our students at, yep. and their goal to accomplish higher education and how much of a struggle it is. So that's a beautiful thing. From the student's perspective, I learned, and I learned so much about our students and the challenges they had to, they've endured pre-pandemic, but the, the, the struggles they're having now with, you know, family members passing away and um, students having to step up to be breadwinners, you know, within the family, uh, taking care of siblings while parents may be at work and still trying to take classes and go to school and get A's. Yeah. And that's wow, right? You got to respect that. You got to respect that. And, and, and then at the same time, there's contention that exists, right? Um, which always exists, I think, in all areas uh, where people have the same thought process or ideology about how education should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's not that way anymore. So I'm gonna, I want to, I want to, I don't want to go negative. I want to stay positive. So I'm seeing now as we begin to return to a sense of normality yeah. that my colleagues are excited. Many of them are really excited to come back and, and they appreciate what we took for granted in the past. That as being in the classroom and having face-to-face interactions with students, having face-to-face interaction with colleagues. So I, I think we learned a lot of lessons over the last two years, and we're going to bring those lessons learned and create a better environment, a better educational institution yeah. for our students experientially through showing grace and compassion. Well, my hope would be, uh, Janae, and I obviously have very limited knowledge about your uh, school. I hope that those who are, um, I would imagine, in administration would hold all of you accountable to that compassion, meaning it's not a take it or leave it anymore. No, you can't be compassionate. You can't be a teacher or professor here. Right? I love that. I do love that. And, and I, mean, I think it's going to... It's got to be not only administrators, Eric, but it's going to have to be because there's many more teachers on campus, faculty. We have to hold each other accountable to this new standard of of education that our students have always deserved. But now we don't have an excuse because we've learned so many lessons over the last uh, two years about them, about the system and how we need to change to to bring... 
So Eric, over the last two years, my whole, I think I've been an okay teacher, but Mm -hmm. over the last two years and teaching online because of COVID, I had to really start to research and I realized how I need to bring, I realized that connecting emotions to the educational process allows students to connect. It's not that I'm talking about emotional intelligence in the classroom necessarily, but it's how I'm presenting the material so that when I make a connection, it's connected to an emotion. And that kind of solidifies it in the students' minds. And I think it's a form of what we call constructivist uh, pedagogy. And I've I've been really using that in my classrooms and it's really making a huge difference, I think. Wow, wow, that's awesome. I am looking at 1245, Aljane, and as I warned you, we could talk for a long time. I want to say one more thing, if that's okay, Eric. Absolutely, absolutely. Also, this process with my students, I've had to learn to show them that I'm trustworthy Mm -hmm. of them and that I'm trustwilling. Hmm. I don't think most people see that enough in individuals. And I think it's something that if we can learn to show, it bring it breaks down walls and opens up opportunity for, for hmm. discussion and, and hope and everything else that goes along with it. I mean, trustworthy, uh, obviously, we've heard for many a time, trust willing, man, that's, that's a keeper. I heard that from a friend of mine uh, a few months ago, and it just blew my mind in how it, how it plays out in my life and my interactions. I want to be trustworthy, worthy and trust willing. So trust willing, because I want to make sure there, there could be some out there who are going, what exactly does that mean? So if you had to unwrap that a little bit uh, before we, we segue to questions, uh, how would you define that? What is trust willing? So there's so many, not so many, there's instances where someone may say something mm-hmm. and you go right into defense mode, right? Mm-hmm. But you can take a breath or two, re-engage that person, internally telling yourself, I'm going to be willing to listen to this person, trusting that they're going to come from their heart, even if I disagree with what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And in that, the person will feel it. They'll feel it. And they'll see that you're willing to hear what they have to say. Even if I disagree, I can be willing to hear and trust that they're coming from their heart. And if we can both get into that space, we can have a wonderful dialogue. And that's what we need today to to bring about the change. If we can trust both ways, have that dialogue, I think we can start to make some meaningful change. Wow. Um, I, I have to share with you a brief story that connects to that. And thank you for unwrapping that because it, it really does speak. Um, it just speaks volumes. 
So uh, where I met uh, Ajane, there's uh, she she's not quite a friend, but she's getting there. I think she might call me kind of a friend, but she's probably more of a client. And she's in the uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion um, arena. She's with a local school district, fairly large district, where she's oversees that initiative. And um, when she was hired, it was big news in that community because they'd never hired anyone in that in that role. Mm. So she was the first, and she um, she got a lot of applause. Right, a lot of people were excited, and there were some that were not so excited. Yeah, of course. There was a particular gentleman who um, uh, had a bit of an audience on Facebook. And was prone to announcing all the different things that he was for and against, and the community needs to look at this and don't look at that. And I have, I'm, I'm smiling right now, Ajne, because I have some very pointed thoughts about social media, but I'm not going to do that today with you. <laughs> so he's he's on the, his soapbox on social media and he's telling his audience, I'm going to get a meeting with that new DEI director and she's going to need to understand we're not going to have any of this CRT and we're not going to, that doesn't belong in this school district and we're not going to listen to this and that and us. And he's just banging the drum. Everybody, you know, listen. So he makes this appointment with my friend and I feel kind of bad for him because um, she is, um, She's not one to, uh, how would I say, she's a professional I got you. in the most positive of ways. Mm-hmm. She's full of grace, but at the same time, she's done this DEI work for large global companies, but you'd never know it. She doesn't wear it on her sleeve. So he gets the meeting with her and he's laboring on about, okay, this is not going to happen and CRT is not that blah. And she says, sir, I just want to interrupt you for a minute. You're the first person in this district has ever mentioned to me about CRT. He stops. He's kind of shocked. She goes on basically in the most loving way to whittle away at his arguments and his pronouncements. And he had come in there with just a little bit of knowledge, thinking that he had a bunch of it. (laughs) I understand that. And you know what? Again, that grace piece, she didn't tear him down. She could have, because I mean, it was clear we're talking about like a high school basketball player talking to Kevin Durant, right? Mm-hmm. There's just not a comparison. And he comes out of there with this, you know, I really appreciate you helping me here. I, I didn't realize. And now that I know, and, 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 as much as that story illustrates somebody who probably should have had a better understanding about where they stood, I thought it was powerful that she was willing to listen. That's right. And, and she she let him spout on about all these different things that were not so. Because, you know, Ajane, in other situations, somebody could have just went total warfare. Mm-hmm. That will we have lots of examples of that, you know? Yeah. And uh, I just when you said trust willing, man. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to pause here. Uh, I want to open it up to everyone in the audience. 
opportunities to ask questions of Ajanae. Not that I'll have the answers. No, he's he's guaranteed. He, he that's a disclaimer. He doesn't have all the answers, but I know he's got a few. <laughs> so I will put him on the spot. Um, I will monitor the chat if you feel more comfortable typing in, and I'll 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 relay them that way. Or if you'd like, you can unmute yourself. And uh, what questions would you have for Ajane today? Good morning. I good am morning. Dr. Reverend Amadra McClendon. And okay. Arjuna is my good friend. Yes. And now Eric is my good friend. Oh my gosh, I got a new friend today. <laughs> First, I want to just thank you. Thank you. I have like five pages of notes here, right? Um, for the dialogue. And I am going to stay on point. So I, I have two comments I want to make, and then I have one question. All right. First, I want to say thank you for unwrapping Trust Willing, because that was definitely going to be a question. So I appreciate that. So one point I want to make earlier when you were talking about men and emotions, men being told you're to too emotional. Well, as a female, I was told you're not emotional enough. You know, you're too hard. You know, you, you, you need to be more feminine. Right. So that's on both sides. Yeah, you're right. And I struggled with that mm. because it's okay. I'm not trying to be masculine. I'm just sharing what I believe to be my truth. Yeah. Um, so that was one point. The other point is uh, my background, or I should say, I am actually teaching multi-faith diversity awareness and education to professionals. That's a taboo conversation because it's all in that whole realm of uh, people think it's in the realm of spirituality and religion, but it's actually not. Mm -hmm. So the point I wanted to say is that what occurs for us is we leave out our emotions and our spirituality. We leave that out of the conversation. And that is actually our divinity. That's our essence. Mm. So we're running around operating with just like not even a third of who yeah. we are, wondering yeah. why we feel disjointed. Yeah. So that was a point I wanted to make. That's good. For the for thank you for the question, I wrote it down. Before we can trust our emotions, don't we have to be able to separate what I'm calling fake thoughts, those thoughts that people implant in our head? from our true essence, from, I call it, um, our intuitive self. So we're walking around, and like the young lady you talked about, her mother gave her some false thoughts. They're stuck in her head. But then she has these other thoughts, her intuitive self. So how do you um, get individuals to begin to trust the emotions when they got stuff coming from both sides one is fake one is actually our true essence so that's my question that's a good question that's a really good question i got some thoughts but you go ahead ajane so i mean what comes to my mind is what i try to do is help individuals develop an emotional intelligence mindset and we have tools which are really nice and draw that are based on competencies that can be measured. Okay. 
So with these tools, I'm able to utilize them and point out specific areas that we can work on to improve that will alter the existing mindset of the individual and then gets them on that path toward change and evolution. All right. Okay. I would throw in there uh, as well. And, and this is sometimes with our clients, uh, the, the mistake gets made because as you all probably realize in, in the business world and the corporate world, there's, there tends to be this desire for the quick fix. Yeah. Uh, send send folks to a seminar and then next week everybody is emotionally intelligent. Right. Um, what we try to remind people that not only is it work, it, it it's the beginning of a journey. That's right. And uh, we're I'm still on it. Ajane is still on it. We all are still on the journey. And I think sometimes if we start there and realize that. It, it makes us less. Um, it makes us less anxious about getting to the place where our intuitive self is more powerful than the voices outside of us, right? And uh, one of the things I would recommend for everyone there is a book <clears throat> called "The Road Back to You," and it's written by its two authors, uh, Ian Cron. I think that's how he pronounces his last name, and Suzanne Stabile. Um, but if you type in to Amazon or, or Google or whatever, the road back to you, you it'll come up. And, and what I love about it is it's a tool to help you better understand who you are. Um, and they do some wonderful work around the Enneagram, which some of you may have heard of. And, and it's it's about establishing and understanding more about your personality, but they do a wonderful job in helping us understand that, again, this is the first steps of a journey. This is a, this is a tool to help me gain more understanding, gain more data, as Ajane mentioned earlier about emotions. Because show me a person that has great understanding of who they are, <laughs> a great understanding of their emotions, I'll show you someone that, yeah, they, they get those outside voices, but they know it's the intuitive. That's who I am. And no one's going to rob me of that. I, as an example, I didn't know that back in my corporate days. So I was easily swayed when I heard those voices and said, well, you have to, you can't do that because you gotta, you gotta be concerned about that 401k. Because I, I I didn't know. I mean, maybe that's true. Maybe that's right. I wasn't listening to that intuitive. But just just as a as a as a suggestion, that that's a it's a great book. But um, we do have another question in the chat. Um, Ajane, would you give an example of how you access emotional intelligence? I know you may have kind of alluded to it a little bit, but maybe a little bit different. And this is from Justin. Wow, how I access it. That's that's interesting. So I, I come from the perspective of training, right? Mm -hmm. Training my mind, training my body, um, training myself spiritually. And so at the beginning, it was really challenging keeping these concepts of 
um, recognizing my emotional patterns, mm-hmm. thinking about the consequences of me allowing my emotions to lead the way in a way that I'm not consciously thinking about, right? Yeah. And over the years, did you hear me, Eric? I said years. Yes. <laughs> it, yes. It's, it's become part of who I am so that in situations, it just kicks in without me necessarily thinking about it consciously. It's part of who I am now. But I'm going to go back, Justin. When I first started, it took me looking at my report, making goals of things I wanted to be aware of every single day and making sure daily I was reflective. Y'all would think I'm crazy because I I journal every single night. Mm. Did y'all hear me? I reflect on my day, all the things I said, all the things I did, and I journal it. And then I make a notation of the things that I didn't mean to say, I didn't mean to do and how it may have come off. And I'll clarify it the next day with the individual who I've been speaking to or my class. That's part of the work I think that's needed toward us gaining that ability to trust our emotions and that data that it's telling us. But it it, it takes a lot of work. This has been years and I still don't have it because I said the report just told me you haven't been meditating. You need to meditate. I think there's something that I, I, and I would just say to everyone listening, you're worth this work. You're worth this work. Absolutely. We all are, aren't we? Absolutely. All are worth this work. That's good. The paradigm we've been fed over the years in our culture has been, well, you can get to that later. Well, that's not that that you don't necessarily need to do that. You've got to focus on your retirement. You got to focus on your mortgage. You got to, I'm just here to tell you, you are worth the work, but here's the deal. You got to believe that. I can't believe it for you. Yeah. We can't believe the narrative that the world puts at us. Emotions are an integral and healthy part of who we are. And if the world was so smart, why we got all these problems? Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I no, couldn't help it. I, you said I'm not going to go negative, so I, I, I apologize. Um, I want to read something from, uh, I think it's Keira. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but I'm going to, uh, you're, you're one of Ajane's business students. Um, she wanted to say that she absolutely loved this discussion, very insightful and informative, and loved getting a new perspective and idea of what people feel about their emotions. That's awesome. Thank you for that. So as uh, our time is, um, we're getting over, we're a little over, but that's okay. Any other questions? Don't feel rushed. I, I mean, I think Ajane's got a little bit of time. I do as well. Are there any, any other questions that you might have for Ajane um, today for the session? So when did you say the spiritual, emotional IQ is rolling out? Um, well, Ajane, um, I'll throw in and you can throw in. Um, right now, this, this tool that we call SEQ is uh, a profile. It's a one-pager that someone can get 
after answering what is it like a hundred questions on the uh, the yes. profile, Ajane. Mm -hmm. So what we've been doing, we've always had a dream and a desire to turn that into a more um, in depth type of report. And I can say this without giving away any state secrets. I think Ajane, we're really close to where this thing will turn into being maybe close to a twenty page report on spiritual emotional intelligence. Yes, we, we yeah, it's it. We're uber excited, and I I didn't talk a lot about it in this frame because I wanted Ajane to be able to talk from his heart. Um, but he's co-developing this with us, so we're all kind of giddy about how close we are. Yeah. And and it's and and certainly by 2022, a yeah. person will be able to take this assessment. They'll get a 20-page report that will go really, really in depth around the spiritual emotional intelligence factor. So but, Ajane, you want to throw out, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so we have two, we have uh, level, level A and level B, right? Yes. So the one that we're, we're finishing now is level B and you need someone who's been certified to work through that with you because of the dangers that can possibly exist with you just reading it on your own. And then we have the original one that Eric's talking about. That's the one page report that you can, uh, you can sign up and take. As a matter of fact, we're in the process of developing an online module for individuals to get certified in the one page evaluation for the SEQ. There is uh, from Justin, I just saw here in the chat, Ajane, is the SEQ available for children too. Um, th there is no specific one developed right now that is designed for children. Um, I might say because of the depth, um, it would just be a matter of, and I'm going to go out on a limb, Ajane, so you can keep me uh, straight here. If, if I wanted a, my child, and again, I'm not knowing Justin exactly what age, we're going to assume a level of maturity of understanding. Um, I would say I'd, I would I would say a parent would want to be involved in that process um, so that they could help kind of guide and shepherd, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, but right now it is targeted to adult learners. Yes. Excellent. Well put. Anything else? I, I just have a comment. Yes. Sorry. Please. I no, see me. Um, don't know if you remember me, Professor Wilcoxon. I was part of LLN when you were running it. I remember. Um, so nice I just, <laughs> nice to see you. I just want to thank you guys so much. Um, I am now in Nevada, so I transferred here with uh, the company I'm part of. Um, and I am definitely in this growth in my life, right? So <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting emotional, but thank you so much. This actually came at a good time. Oh, thank you. Thank you. If you want to email me, I'm going to put my email address in the chat box, okay? <laughs> All right, thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for uh, for saying that. It, it means a lot for me, and I know it does for Ajane as well. Yeah, please email me so we can catch up. Okay, and uh, anyone else uh, with a question or a comment? That you'd want to take off. Yes, I have, a, I have a comment. Okay. Um, you know, I, I was looking forward for this event so much. And Dr. Rajane is like an extraordinary person. But being here, it's like it's a privilege. 
But I wanted to, this is a comment but like that I've experienced and Dr. Rajani probably would uh, be my witness on this one. There was a point in my life where um, you really don't, uh, education has nothing to do with it, level of like where you are accomplished has nothing to do with it. And I was keep on questioning why, why me, why this, what am I doing? The feeling of not being enough, regardless of what I did. I remember it was uh, two years ago, it was a rainy day and I had my umbrella and I walked into Dr. Rajane's office. I said, Dr. Rajane, I've, I've got only this year, I got 76 letter of rejection. Why this is happening to me? <laughs> I just need to, and I know this is November and I haven't, I have another month. I know it's going to be a hundred, but now what? So I was feeling, I was really down on my, I mean, I have the education. I've had everything. I was working for a great place, but I wasn't happy. I was feeling not enough. I was feeling really my emotions were all over, not understanding what I was feeling. Not like, as you mentioned, Mr. Eric, you said that fear, you know, not dealing with my own fear that not questioning where this was coming from. So after talking to Dr. Rajane and he became my mentor and we were going through the classes together, we went through that step. Really, um, our conversation, Dr. Rajane, had a huge impact on me when it comes to emotional intelligence and things like that. I had to really stop and I had to like focus all my books. Everything that I read was around that. I do teach but I also was not understanding how to handle my emotion. I felt like I was being an imposter. I was, feeling, I was feeling that I was living two life. This is the life that I wanted to be, but this is what the life, what other people expected of me. How can I merge all of them together? To me, this emerge was like a big thing and I'm not, I'm not there. And I'm so, so excited that you guys have programs like this and I can't wait to be part of it. Because I feel like um, I'm going through a lot in my personal life right now, just like the what you mentioned about the battle <laughs> between the two. I am right in the middle right now. I am right here. So there are times I'm like, I can't, I, I can't drop. I'm just, I started it. So this really hit home. I got emotional in so many areas of it. It was in every aspect of this conversation. It literally took me back to my childhood, brought me back to the present. Take me, it was like so many shifts in my head, and I'm like overwhelmed, like uh, Miss Amy said, emotional. But again, I came from a background, from a culture where you cannot express your emotions. You have to be strong for your kids, you have to be strong for the society, you have to be strong because you chose to, to do this thing yourself now. You, I just don't agree with that. I'm like, you know what? No, I can be, what is a strong got to do with me experiencing my own emotions? What is a strong, you know, so meaning that to me, I feel like when I get emotional in front of people, I feel like to me, that's the most strongest thing that you can do to actually cry in front of somebody, because that takes a special kind of a strength to be able to cry in front of somebody and say, you know what? I, I, I'm crying. Because you know your face changes, your, your, your whole, to me, that's the most level of highest confidence. But yet, we're labeled as weak, we're labeled as, so to me, that was my battle. But I really, really appreciate this. This is like hit home in so many levels. I just want to thank you guys so much. I, that's all I wanted to say.
Thank you. Thank you very much. And um, I will say, uh, as we come to uh, closing today, um, there was a wise person said to me some years ago that Eric never trust someone that ha doesn't have a limp. Do not trust someone that does not have a limp. And at first I was thinking, okay, limping. Okay. What would that? And I was kind of young at the time, a little, little, little naive. And I asked, you know, well, what do you, he says, Eric, the people that have a limp have been hurt. You can trust somebody that's been hurt. Hmm. If you encounter people that they've got it all together, they've got every designation, every certification, they've done this, they've done that. Not saying that they're not someone you could learn from, but be careful because the people with a limp, they've been hurt. You can trust those people. Mm. All right. Ajane, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you thank so you. much for doing this. <laughs> thank you and, so much. Uh, thanks for everyone thank who's uh, attended. And uh, we won't be doing an EQ Conversations in December for maybe the obvious reason. Holidays are throwing everything up in there. But please stay tuned. And certainly for the recording of this, if you know someone that could benefit from this outside of uh, our time together, please, we want you to send that on. And we look forward to being with you the next time. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So yes. how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them, so... Reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. Do you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So we're, we're not the perfect podcast host? We're close. Okay. All but, right. But, but not, still, not totally we want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it'll, it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.